Hello, and welcome to Detangled, a podcast for salon pros. We're your hosts, Molly Getz and Kylie Garcia, full-time entrepreneurs, hairstylists, educators, and moms. Also, part-time comedians, so get ready for some great education and a few laughs. Hey, Molly. Hey, Kylene. Over the years as a hairstylist, how would you say your communication level has changed with your guests? It has changed so much. I wish I had a recording of myself as a brand new stylist. <laughs> I don't. That I could. <laughs> it would It would be a really great, like, right now on social media, that whole, like, before and after of, like, relationships trend is, like, trending right now of like post your first picture and then show where you are now I need that for like me as a stylist but like for communication yeah (laughs) because it has changed so dramatically I definitely think that one of the biggest things I learned was how to be really thorough with my communication with my guests and not be afraid of asking too many questions until I got down to the bottom of it because I can I could almost like point out specific instances where I know my communication with my guest was off and it literally like hindered my performance during the entire service from the way I formulated to the way that I applied color or even just the way that she felt or he felt at the end of at the end of the service. I love that you said like something about not being afraid to ask too many questions because mm-hmm. I, th- I think it can be scary. Like we want to just have all the answers right away for our client, especially new clients. I think we feel like we have like we want to prove something to them. And so we just want to like kind of hustle through it and be like, OK, they you know, they're going to get annoyed if I keep asking questions. But yeah, oh, my gosh, I can think of so many situations where um, I look back and like, oh, I wish I would have asked more questions or where like the client maybe actually did get annoyed with me asking too many questions. And then at the end, I can kind of like prove like, oh, good thing I asked you that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's that's so true. Actually, I had a situation yesterday with a client that I've only seen maybe three times. And we had a really thorough consultation again. And it just reminded me how important that is, um, you know, to have a thorough consultation, even if you think you know, mm-hmm. because I thought I knew from the first couple of times I met with this woman about her hair goals and the things she like wasn't digging about her hair. And yesterday she kind of like changed the script a little bit because she was like, OK, our first goal is accomplished, but now I kind of don't want to work towards the next goal that we originally mm-hmm. talked about. And if I wouldn't have spent that time with her yesterday, it probably she would not have been as as satisfied I can guarantee that so I mean it's just it's so important yeah I think assuming we know what the guest wants is like the worst thing we could do I mean I have clients that come to me specifically from social media or somebody has referred them and like when they come in they have they're like pretty open you know they're like I've seen your work I know what you can do I really want you to take the reins like I mean I have clients that all the time that tell me to do whatever they want whatever I want with their hair but like most of the time that's actually they might say that but they still (laughs) want some control so if I were to be like oh I want to do black then they're like well no (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like they had something they wanted 
So it, it wouldn't be safe for me to assume, even though they pretty much want me to take the reins, that I can't just literally do whatever I want with their hair. Right. That's one of my favorite things to talk to someone about is they're like, what like what would you do on me if you had full control? And I'm like, listen, we don't have time to discuss all of the ways that I could make you look like really different and really great because sometimes like if it's not broke we don't have to fix it Mm -hmm. but I think everyone just like wants to pick our creative brains and it's it's like it's too much it's it's too much of an option there's there's too many things we could choose like you would look good with red hair you would look good with like you know lighter copper tones you would look good with you know this kind of cut like you, you can't just I can't just lay all that on you and a matter of one two hour long appointment right doesn't work that way but what I do know uh from you know all of my experience and as my experience as a coach salon coach is what happens when we don't have full communication with our guests and if there are things that are missed during that like initial setup with a guest whether it is a brand new you know a brand new person in our chair or someone that we've been doing their hair for it seems like a century when there's a miscommunication it's like the appointment can go to hell in a handbasket so fast. And mm-hmm. a lot of things can like a lot of emotions can come out of that. Then like it can, we can get angry or we can get feel defeated. You know, we can, there's so many things that, that might go on in our brains then because of just a simple lack of communication. So I think today a really great thing for us to really touch on is how to prevent miscommunication with our guests. We've come up with five key points that cover all of the things that you should really be thinking about when you're communicating communicating with your with your guests during the initial setup. Kayleen, you know that I love I love 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 the um the mentorship I've received from Chris Barron over the years. Mm-hmm. I don't stop talking about it. <laughs> but he has really coached me as a facilitator on, you know, how to how to really kind of poke at the emotions of the people that you are working with Mm -hmm. and how we translate this to working behind the chair on our salon guests is basically the same exact thing. And this is something I've incorporated into my communication with my guests is poking at their emotions with their look, whether it's your, you know, their color or their hair, you know, style or the design that we're going to create, you know, what, what is it about what they're already wearing on their head? that they love and don't love. And I love to use big words like love because then people are really like, it gets their wheels turning. It's not like a mushy word like, oh, what do you like liking about your hair? Mm-hmm. Because that's such a fluffy word that doesn't have a lot of a lot of emotion attached to it. So it's like, what are you loving about your hair right now? And let them, let them start off with the positivity aspect of it because um, that can be a really great way to just feel them out. Like, is it the fact that they have been working for a year to grow their hair on. It's finally at the length that they want or, you know, whatever. And then also diving in, like, what is it that is not working for you with your look? And then giving them time to explain Mm -hmm. and let the silence be awkward. You know, they say that communication, you know, we have one mouth and two ears. And so we should be doing double the amount of time listening as we do talking when it comes to communicating with people. So I think about that when I'm talking to my guests, if there's that awkward silence and I'm watching my guests watch themselves in the mirror, you, they, they may be like processing, well, what is it that I do like about my hair? I don't like 
you know, some people are like, I don't like anything about my hair, but maybe there is something. Maybe I do like the tone of this, like one like streak of highlight in the Mm -hmm. very front of my head (laughs) and the rest of it's trash. But you know, if they, if you can get them to point those things out, then that can really help answer so many questions for us initially. So give them time to answer those questions. Don't try to answer it for them. Don't say like, Oh, do you love that one random streak in the front of your hair? Um, because that can like lead them to an answer that maybe isn't authentic. I love that you said, like, let the silence be awkward because I learned years ago from you about like really making them answer the question of what do you love about your hair? I think, you know, we've talked about this before with with like debriefing with our team. People just have a hard time talking about things that they like about themselves or complimenting themselves, pointing out that they did something right or things like that. So I think it's harder for clients to say like I do love this about my hair when they want to jump to like well I don't like the length or I don't like the tone or whatever and I know you taught me a couple years ago to really say like okay but what do you love about it so that it keeps Mm -hmm. them on that track so they can say something positive about themselves yeah I actually (laughs) I don't know if this is right or wrong but this is just something I do in my brain with my guests, I just assume that every guest that sits in my chair, like this is the one time that day or maybe even that week that they're getting any type of attention. Mm-hmm. You know, people, a lot of times people come into the salon and they don't get any time to themselves. They don't get time to relax. They don't get time to like not have people requiring things of them at, at all times. Mm-hmm. And so having those like really positive conversations with them even if it is like a disaster project that you're about to embark on, like maybe you're fixing some massive hair color (laughs) issue, just starting off with that positivity, it can just change the entire flow of the conversation. Actually, especially when you're about to embark on a major hair color journey, because there's a lot of intensity that comes with those guests I've found. Um, A lot of them come with a lot of emotions already you know, they, they hate the way they look because of something that happened with their hair. And it, it could be really hard for those people to feel positive about the experience at all. But if you start with that, hap- like start on a happy note and it can really get them to loosen up a little bit to you too, which is important. I've had experiences where I get to the end of someone's appointment and I was so busy that I feel like I didn't give them the attention that they deserved. And I like, mm-hmm. I just feel so horrible because I, I think I do have that same thing in my, in the back of my mind is like, I, I need them to feel like they've gotten someone's full attention today. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's always a good place to start is just po- think about poking at their emotions. What are they mm-hmm. loving? What are they not loving? And give them plenty of time to give you all the answers, but keep them on, keep them on track too. You know, if, if it's starting to like turn into like a conversation about their dog's latest, you know, vet appointment <laughs> during the, during that initial conversation, you know, you, you still have full power to steer the ship in the right direction too. Right. So silence is power, but also be in charge. <laughs> yeah. And in the interest of being in charge, we have to remember that our clients don't know what we know. Right. So I hear I just hear so often I see videos about it all the time like you and I share a pet peeve of client 
shaming client blaming we hate Uh. seeing it on the internet and you know we try to keep things really upbeat and you know the things that we post and what we put out there because clients see that stuff they feel it you know they they feel like they're being blamed for something or shamed for something that they have no clue about so the minute we run to the back and you know tell our friends how like oh she's so she's so crazy or she's so dumb I can't believe she didn't know that she couldn't be platinum today you know like (laughs) they don't they literally don't know that we went to school for a very long time to learn that um so we have to be the ones in control of sharing that with them and really really steering that ship explaining to them what it takes to get to where they want to be or need to be and what's what steps and how long that process takes rather than just assuming they should understand why we can't get there and I even love to get into kind of some of the sciencey stuff of like why we can't perform certain services like if they're wanting to go from blonde to dark in the fall it's not something we can just throw on Um, because a lot of people I think do understand the idea of like they can't be blonde in one process but they're like oh I just want to be dark that should be easy right but it's actually still a color correction going that direction as well so I love to explain that to my guests so that they have that knowledge and understanding of um, you know what what it takes to accomplish certain things yeah and at the end of the day you know you have the right to to tell a guest like you know this service just isn't going to be for us today Mm -hmm. and if they get upset with you I mean I think we've said this on like previous episodes too like if they get upset with you then they have every right to get up and go see someone else who will try to make that happen for them and whether it turns out great or turns out poorly like in the end like you know your truth and you know what like you can stand behind the kind of work that you do if you don't give in to those clients needs but also you know, to your point, Kylene, just being really honest about it and not not making it like, oh, these people are so dumb. How could they not know? Didn't they see my most recent Instagram post about <laughs> how it's going to take 12 hours and $1,200 to get from dark to light? Like I it was for them. <laughs> it's like it's not that easy. And, and they don't like you said, they don't get it. I mean, there's still there's still times guests that I've had for over a decade that I still am explaining the difference in um, using heat protection to blow dry their hair versus not using heat protection. Like, it, but I mean, I think about the things I go and do in the world. Like, I don't understand that much about cars, but I drive one every single day. Mm-hmm. So when something's going wrong or I hear a weird clinking sound or a screeching sound, like I want to be explained like what's happening um, and I'm, I might ask a lot of questions that might feel dumb to like the, the mechanic that's working on it, but it's like, I want to know because I want to know if there's something I can be doing to prevent that from happening. Right. Mm-hmm. So I like to always put myself in, in, you know, the client's shoes at any time I've ever been made to feel dumb for asking questions like, okay, let's say specifically at a doctor's office, raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by a doctor <laughs> making you feel dumb. <laughs> Like, I always think about those situations and how I would never, ever want to make someone feel that way Mm -hmm. in my chair. So, Kylene, we've talked about, you know, poking at the guest emotions. We've talked about the art of explaining and not blaming or shaming. 
Mm-hmm. So many aiming words. I wish I could think of another to really make this a rap, but I'm not the rap superstar that you are. So maybe you can work on that this week. How about mansplaining? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, side side note, if you haven't seen Kylene's latest rap on TikTok, it's it's wonderful. And we're still waiting to hear if she's going to get a record deal on it, out of it or not. Well, um, it only has like 400 I have, I have views, hope. so I, I don't think so. <laughs> Oh, man. But, you know, I think a third point to really be thinking about as you're having these these the setup uh, talk with your client is what are the things that your client is doing that is not being said out loud? Mm. Have you ever like noticed, let's say, for example, your guest and you are talking about their um, like their their fringe area in the front of their head and they keep touching their hair right mm-hmm. they just keep sweeping them they just keep fiddling with them fiddling i sound like my great grandmother um but they do they keep fiddling with their bangs or their fringe area or their their face framing layers whatever and you're like oh my gosh she keeps like in your mind your your voice is going oh my gosh she keeps touching that like stop it i can't see what's going on but what i have found is i like to call that out and ask them like what's going on so for example like oh you know you you keep you keep sweeping those to the side, but you did just tell me that you want like a full forehead covering fringe. So I just want to know, you know, as you're sweeping that hair to the side, like what's making you do that? Or, uh, you know, someone who's who is um, a, a compulsive ear, like hair tucker behind their mm-hmm. ear. That's me. You know, if somebody were to call that call me out on that. It's like, yeah, I actually guess I do tuck my hair behind my ears like all the time. So the best thing that's going to come out of you calling out those nonverbal cues is you could get them to realize, oh, wait, maybe a full fringe is not in the cards for me because it's going to drive me nuts if I can feel hair on my forehead tickling like my eyebrows. Right. Because we know in a matter of a week and a half, that hair is going to go from tickling right above your eyebrows to tickling right below your eyebrows. And then in another week... It's going to be in your eyelashes and then they're just going to be all sorts of bothered. So I've noticed with my guests when I called those things out, they may not even realize they're doing it, especially the ear tuckers. I'm like, hey, I am totally a tucker too. So let's talk about what different looks we can create if that's natural for you. Or maybe they wear glasses and you have to be really aware of um, of, of the accessories they have to wear, especially for their jobs right now. Like so many people are working from home and... A lot of people have these really cool new accessories, like all the earbuds they have to wear and <laughs> their their blue light blocking glasses because they're staring at computer screens more or you know what I mean, all those things. So, you know, calling those things out is, is also really important. Something I feel like I notice a lot is if people are like, they're like touchers where they're like kind of like floofing up their hair, you know, like they're Ooh, like, yeah. they want volume. So they're like pushing it up. Or maybe they're telling me that they want to cut some length off, but I could tell just by how they um, treat their hair that they they may actually use their hair as kind of like a security blanket um, based oh, on yeah. how they might pull it forward or things like that. Um, they show me the, the length that they want it, but then that's with their hair pulled forward and not pushed back. And then I might say like, okay, cool. So you, this is how much you want to cut off in the front. But like if I pull this in the back, this is how much length that is. And then they're like, 
oh like (laughs) no because they they can't see the back of their head they can only see the front of their head I will actually never forget this one time years ago that I did not have a great conversation with my guest about length removal (laughs) and she had a really heavily layered haircut already and we were talking about where we were gonna you know cut the length off in the front just like you were saying and so I just assumed that she wanted her hair to look super thick and nice and even across the back of her shoulder. So I used our front length guide and took that to the back and just went like right across Mm -hmm. the back. And she was like, that's way shorter than I had anticipated. And her hair looked like it was kind of like in the shape of a U in the back originally. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, I've gone and done it now. I mean, I probably took almost triple the amount of length off in the back as I did in the front because mm-hmm. I didn't ask her like do you like the shape right now to me honest it just wasn't my personal style mm-hmm. to have that kind of a look walking out of my chair but that's what she was going for and it's not up to me to to make that style decision for her it was up to me to give her what she wanted and boy yeah that definitely wasn't what she wanted <laughs> it was yeah live and learn right yeah, I think too sometimes when when taking those cues, it really helps us to be more in control of the situation. I don't know mm-hmm. about you, but I didn't get into this field to be an order taker. I don't love Oh, you did it? S- no. No, I oh. this I didn't huh. want to be a waitress. Uh too clumsy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like <laughs> Yes, uh, you know, there's and there's two sides of that coin. Like, yes, you want to give your guests what they're asking for. But I also didn't want to be, you know, walk in every single day to my job and someone say, like, do this, do that, do this. And, um, yeah. you know, I just give them everything that they're asking for or whatever. Um, I want to be in control of the situation. I want to be giving my professional opinion of what I think they should be doing with their hair. Whether, like, that example that you just gave, like, your professional opinion may have been if we're cutting it this short then I think that we actually need to cut off this much in the back um, but because that conversation didn't happen it didn't lead you to be able to give those um, instructions and then a lot of times our guests are looking to us to be the one to be in control or be the one to give advice and that's why they ask things like I don't know what do you think <laughs> to us um, <laughs> as far as do we want to go lighter darker um, things like that if they didn't already have a an idea in mind of what they are wanting. Some of the things that I do ahead of time for my guests so that I can be the one in control is I love to look ahead at who I have coming in and actually going ahead and coming up with ideas for them. Um, And whether or not that comes to be is, you know, that's what you find out at the appointment because I might be thinking one thing, but then they might come in with an idea. I actually just had this happen with a guest. I had a, I already had an idea in mind of what I wanted to do on her. And she came in and she was like, I'm thinking Violet. And I was like, okay, I like your idea better. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I I had no idea you'd be thinking Violet. I mean, if that was the case, I'd have all these different other ideas. But I love to like... The morning, you know, before work, I like I I do I always do this when I'm in the shower. I like think about who I have coming in, think about what we did last time, and start to come up with a plan for them. So that way, if they were to ask me like, "What are you thinking?" Then I already have something in in mind. I'm not like scrambling in that moment to figure out what to do with their hair. But if this is a new guest, I, I love to use technology. I love to have a either like a virtual consultation where we actually get on FaceTime 
or just you know sending back some pictures back and forth so they might send me a picture of what their hair looks like now maybe what their goal is and and we can have that consultation ahead of time so that I can go into the appointment feeling prepared so that I can be the one um, making the decisions and not just being like okay okay yeah that's what we're doing um, and taking taking their order and giving it to them oh I like that a lot I think it's important to like you make them feel special too when you're thinking when you're like hey I was thinking about you I mean that's that's like such a cool feeling I had the experience with a guest yesterday I was like you know I I was thinking about this and she was like oh thank god because I have no idea like Mm -hmm. I'm not creative and I just you know I think that kind of ties into like you know us we it would be easy for us to get upset with our clients when they don't know what they want coming in but like a lot of people just aren't creative minded like that. Yeah. Um, like we are. And so it does take a lot of pressure off. Yeah. Just think about like us going to see a different professional for another something else. We would hope that they'd be the one giving us suggestions of what we need, you know, and right. that's what our job is to them is we're supposed to be the ones giving them suggestions because they're they're not sitting on. Like, you know, do you ever look down at your client's phones? Not that I'm trying to eavesdrop, but I just can't help it. Um, (laughs) When they're like sitting in your chair and they're on Instagram, sometimes I'll be like, that's what your Instagram looks like? (laughs) Mine's only hair. That's so funny. Like, it's just so weird to see like what a normal person's Instagram is. It's just like kids and, you know, actually just their friends. I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I actually see my real friends stuff on my Instagram. I only see hair. That's so funny and so true. I know I noticed that recently with my um my sister. <laughs> like, oh man, that's it's so different. What a different vibe. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like because of that, so they're not they they don't see the new styles like we do. So, mm-hmm. you know, my client might not know what's in until I tell her what's in. So, that's, you know, that's really what they're looking to get from us. Yeah. And I can I can think of two clients specifically coming to my brain right now that literally come in and they sit down and they say to me, what are we doing today? <laughs> Rather than <laughs> like the question where I would say, what are we doing today to them? Um, they so know that I am going to come up with an idea for their hair. And I mean, at this point, like if I don't, have an idea I'm panicking like that morning I'm like oh shoot so and so's coming in today I better get on Pinterest because she's gonna expect me to have an idea mm-hmm. yeah and you know the idea you come up with today doesn't have to be the end all for their hair for the rest of their life either yeah. like I think I used to put so much pressure on myself to have this to have the, the perfect thing ready for them and it's like you know she's going to come in in two more months and want something totally different. Not because yeah. she doesn't like this, but because she's ready for a change. So like being able to, to find out from them, how often do you like to change your hair? You know, someone like me, I like to keep my hair on the more conservative side of upkeep because I'm one of those people. I don't really enjoy spending the time getting my hair colored. Like I would rather be doing other things. So mm-hmm. I want to change my hair color as often as I want to, not because I have to get it touched up. So there are people out there who are like me. And there's people who are like, um, if I see grays in two weeks, I'm losing my mind. Mm -hmm. I can't stand it. Um, And then there's people who literally, you know, I always talk about my one guest who I've been doing her hair since 2009. And her root formula has been a six NN ever since then. And we talk about changing her hair 
but we've never changed her. We, she just has always been happy with it. So, you know, you have to find out where those people live in terms of their upkeep as well. So that way you can set that up for them. And, you know, I, when I stopped taking that pressure off of myself to, uh, <laughs> to have like the most perfect idea for them, then it just became fun. Like this mm-hmm. is what I got into this industry for was to be creative, have fun. And you can even set them up. Um, a lot of different looks like I love it when clients say, oh, I have a picture of what I want or can we look at some pictures? Because I don't know what hairstylist shamed them about bringing in pictures at some point. But so many there's so many people that still are like, is it OK that I brought a picture? Or if I ask them, do you have any images of hair that you love or hair that you don't love? Um, you know, they're like, oh, is that OK? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's OK. It's actually more than OK, because sometimes our words do not totally translate to each other like the word auburn <laughs> i'm like let's see can you pull up some auburn hair um i just really want to see what you think auburn is yeah. <laughs> and then it'll be like violet red and i'm like well okay that's not Ca- what i was or, thinking um, so good thing we looked caramel yeah i want caramel highlights but not warm but not i don't want to see any any golden or warmth in them I, I only buy Awkward. blue caramel. I don't know I don't know what kind of caramel you've ever seen before, but I get the blue caramel. <laughs> it's like a blue green. It's oh, a cool caramel. It's a it's a really cool caramel. That's so funny because I I used to try to like use words. I would work so hard just using verbal communication to try to figure out what these things meant with the client and then I don't know, one day it just hit me in the face like, hey, you fool use a picture show them what your version of auburn is and just see what happens it's like a game now it's like it's fun like okay on the count of three let's show each other our phones (laughs) i can see where it could be scary to have pictures because it does it does set up expectations of Mm -hmm. looking exactly like that picture but you know it opens communication of of saying like you know, this is what we, this is our goal is. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to, you're going to have every single strand of hair that's going to look exactly like this picture. Or I realize that this client has fine hair and you have coarse hair. And so it's going to have this different effect because of that. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is hard when there are some guests who bring in a picture and their expectation level is very much of this is the picture I want and it better be exactly like this picture. Yeah. But, you know, that that again is just part of the communication of mm-hmm. of going into those expectations of like how we are going to try to achieve that picture. But it is our goal picture. It isn't our inspiration picture. It's not going to be I'm going to literally Photoshop that off of that picture and Photoshop it onto your head because that would be really ideal if we could do that. We would be so rich. And yeah, people would pay us so much money. I actually love it when clients um when i why i encourage them to find pictures of themselves Mm -hmm. specifically with hair that they don't dig because then it's like really obvious like you know if if someone's like okay i want short hair but let me show you this picture when my hair actually got too short like this is my threshold this is where you cannot go shorter than like that's so helpful because it's their own head they know you know it's it's probably a picture of how they styled their own hair too Mm -hmm. which is crucial so I just I just really am a believer in using images to communicate because words can get very confusing. Totally. And like we we think cool and warm 
is a good ex- explanation of of colors, but a lot of time clients do not know what cool and warm means at all. That's a good point. Um, and I like I also try to avoid the word red unless it's a client that <laughs> I know that they do actually want red, but. And I'll even be like, especially because it's fall. So, you know, like a lot of people will be more open to having warmth in their hair. But if I (laughs) like try to use warm or, you know, some rich or like something like that and I just can tell it's not clicking that I'm like, well, so like maybe just like a little red, but not like a lot of red, not, you know, it's more brown than red. (laughs) (laughs) Let me show you a picture. That's exactly how I say I'm like, do you want red with brown in it or brown? With a dabble of red in it. And they're like, oh, yeah, just like a touch, touch of red. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I even had some, have had a, times where my team has come ask me, like, for a color, like, can you help me formulate this color? She wants, like, a maroon or she wants an auburn or whatever. And I'm like, okay, great. So, so did she show you a picture? And they're like, no. And I'm like, how on earth would you know what she wants mm-hmm. then? Like, yeah. I think if clients think that we're mind readers, like, it's so far off. I don't, like, I need to have an image to base this off of or else I have no idea what you mean by the word Auburn. Yeah. It's like a necessity in my checklist, my mental checklist, as I'm talking to my clients. Like, I need that image so that way I can be sure that we're both on the same page. Yeah. I had a client that has told me this several times that she has so like her grandkids have naturally red hair you know um one of them is like more more gingery one of them's more vibrant and she has said these this on more than one occasion that they have naturally maroon hair interesting and i'm like i didn't know maroon was a natural color (laughs) (laughs) why don't i have naturally maroon hair because when i think of maroon i think violet red you know like that's where my mind goes but some people i've i've literally had like people say because of the the maroon the auburn like that's where it's super super tricky and i've had people say like i want maroon like you know coppery and Mm -hmm. i'm like "Mm mm-mm no, that's not where my mind went when you said maroon, right. you know? Well, and, you know, to that point, I love to point out to my guests, the reason I'm asking all these questions about, like, what you see in your hair, what you see in these images is because we all see color differently. You know, mm-hmm. it all depends on the shape and sizes of the cones and rods that are in our eyes mm-hmm. that translate color. And there are, I mean, there's people who are colorblind, you know, there's, they can't see specific tones. So... My version of, you know, like we're saying, our version of maroon and their version of maroon is different, but they may not have the capability of seeing certain tones that we can see or vice versa. Even, um, it's just, it's so fascinating. Like, you know, Kylene, you have really light blue eyes and I have like kind of like honey golden brown eyes and I'm going to guess, I'm just going to, just going to guess that your eyes are probably slightly more sensitive to like brightness and the sunlight mm-hmm. than mine are. Um, and even people who have much darker eyes, they can see a, a larger spectrum of darker shades than maybe what, you know, you or I can with our lighter shade of eyes. So mm-hmm. I love to point that out to people so we aren't making them feel dumb for seeing yeah. things that we aren't seeing. Because, you know, I had a, a, a girl um, recently who was like, she was a platinum blonde highlight. I mean, there was there was no warmth to her hair 
it was like one step closer to um, being a polar bear, like with translucent blonde hair. It was so light, but she was like, I just hate it when I see red in my, in my, in my blonde. And I was, I'm like, okay, that's really in my head. I'm like, that's really interesting. Red in your pale blonde. Okay. So I got to figure out, I got to figure out what this means. And as we dove in, I mean, she actually would recognize her non-highlighted hair. So like her natural color was like a level seven, but she saw that contrast between that super, super pale blonde and her natural color as she would see red in it. Mm -hmm. And it was just really interesting. And uh, she kind of had like a hazily eye. And I just told her, I said, you know, what you see because of your eye color and just you, (laughs) your DNA and the way I see it are very different. And Mm -hmm. it's important that like I, what I saw was just like an ashy natural color. So I just had to make sure that I, we really got down to the bottom of that. We were both good with what we were trying to accomplish. And, and she was like, wow, I just, I never knew that about eyes. I never knew that we all saw things differently. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm not even going to charge you extra for that information. (laughs) That's your free gift with, with purchase of your new highlights. You get some Molly science along with your hair today for free. (laughs) It's complimentary. Complimentary. Uh, No, I think that is such a good point to, to point out to uh, like just jumping back to the whole like client shaming and blaming and stuff like that is when we get upset like she said that she saw red in her hair and it's so clearly not red but like Mm -hmm. it is so true we do see color differently and we even if we didn't see it differently we explain it differently so maybe to them even though they said red it doesn't literally mean red as in like red on the color wheel it's like red that's warm you know they they're seeing their their blonde that's warmer but to them that means it's red so true the one final thing I've been thinking about, too, is I feel like, Kylie, you know how to explain this really, really well because you do just an amazing job at it, is how to use your body language to get people to communicate well with you and to be comfortable. Can sure. you, like, touch on that a little bit? Yes. I loved I loved kind of coaching on this, too, because I think, like, communication – is more than just like what we say with our words and it's really how we interact with our body with our guests so envision yourself going to a new place for the first time and then you have to talk to a stranger about yourself and what you are wanting not wanting all of these things and imagine if the person is standing behind you and looking at you in a mirror how uncomfortable that would feel right Now, as hairstylists, maybe that actually doesn't seem as weird because we do look in a mirror all day. Like, we're used to communicating with someone through a mirror, but a normal, average, everyday person isn't used to communicating through a mirror to someone. They are used to communicating face-to-face with someone, or they're also used to communicating with a screen um, to someone. And so, to have Mm -hmm. somebody standing right next to them, maybe looking at them in a mirror or looking down on them is super, super intimidating. So, I always love to say, like, take a step back. Like, at my, at my salon, our stations are actually, like, a pretty good distance away from the chair. And I love to, like, stand on the opposite side of my station and actually kind of lean on it. Now, I'm, 
four foot eleven. So I don't <laughs> think I'm intimidating <laughs> in any way. But I even like lean down just to make sure I'm like at eye level with my client. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you are a taller person, you might need to pump them up in the chair so they're a little higher and then you can sink down to their level. But like one of my stylists here is really tall. I think she's like five ten. And I had to like point this out to her, like imagine how intimidating you you might seem to someone if you're standing really close to them with them, you know, their chair, your, their chairs all the way down and you're just hovering over them looking at their hair. It can be so, so uncomfortable. So um, using our bodies to just really help relax someone is super important, you know, stepping away, making sure you're at eye level. And then once you really get into um, talking with the guests, like getting into conversation about their hair, and then if you do need to go touch their hair to communicate what you're doing, you've already kind of like broken that ice by having some casual conversation away from them before you just like touch their hair. Um, Again, touching someone's hair is something that is really normal for hairstylists. Like that's what we do. But that's like invading someone's bubble a lot of the time. Like, you know, this might be someone especially like nowadays – people don't touch each other so like it's so uncomfortable to be to be touched um unless you're comfortable with that other person like Mm -hmm. um I had a realization just recently of like the fact that I haven't hugged anyone in months you know like besides like my kids and my husband and like isn't that just so strange that you haven't had that like physical connection with someone in so long (sighs) And what is, like, what is that doing to us, like, mentally to be Mm -hmm. able to, at some point, hug again or just be touched again in in this kind of setting, like, a lot of people aren't doing. So when they come in here to just, like, be like, welcome, let me touch your head is, is, like, (laughs) so it's stepping into a zone that, like, we're not, you know, we're not allowed to do right now. Right. Yeah. I actually just had a client um, who I've been seeing her for a really long time and she told me she was moving away. And it was so weird because a year ago we would have just like given each other a really long hug and it would have, it would have been like nothing weird. And she was like, can I give you a hug? I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to miss you so much. Like, you know, whatever. I've seen you every five weeks for like Mm -hmm. nine years. So yes, please give me a hug. But then I realized I was driving home and I like, I got really emotional about it because it just, that was like a hard hit to take that day. And I think I got so emotional because that was the first client that I've hugged in a really long time, like you're saying. And it, I'm like, I just didn't think, and I've always kind of coined myself as not a hugger. Um, Anyone from my salon team listening to this is going to laugh because they know Molly's not a hugger. But but good Lord, this has made, this time of life has made me a hugger. Like, bring it on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hug. I can't wait to hug people after this because it's even someone like me who's not, a hugger I don't I don't crave human touch as a way to like to bond with me so it's even affecting people like me so you're right like that that like uh <laughs> I used to do this um it was like I don't know if it's like a nervous habit is I would stand behind my client talking to her through the mirror like what we're saying we shouldn't do and then I would like fluff her hair like I would just absent-mindedly fluff her hair with my fingers yeah and for no reason at all and I would catch myself also, and I, I love when I can catch other stylists doing this, and I call them out on it because it's something I used to do. I would stand behind them, and I would watch myself in the mirror more than I would watch them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't you, this is not the time to make sure you're 
your hair is full enough. This yeah. is not the time to make sure that you look good. Like you are not, if you're doing that, you are not focused on them at all. And I remember, <laughs> oh, this is, this was a, a, a truth pill to swallow. Um, when I was in high school, I remember getting a haircut and it was a very big change. And someone in one of my classes, like a, a, a friend of, a frenemy of mine said something about like, oh, great. Now you're going to be, um. You're going to be staring at yourself every time you pass a mirror all day or you pass one of our trophy cases. And I remember thinking about that, like, how rude. But also, like, yeah, I totally was doing that. (laughs) And it's like, okay, our vanity is, even though I never considered myself like a vain person, like we all are in in a way, Mm -hmm. for sure. And so, like, that is not the time to allow our vanity to take over and to worry about what we're looking like or check yourself before you go out to grab your client. Do a really quick, like, two-second take. Make sure your mascara hasn't been, you know, dripping all over your face all day because you were sweating from all the hard work we're doing all day. But move, like, get yourself away from a mirror so you can't even have that that option. That was a game changer for me, like, a big one. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, not only is is that weird that you're sitting there, like fixing your own hair while you're talking about their hair or something but you sit you sitting there touching their hair is real weird too yeah like Like petting petting them (laughs) yeah like again not for us because that's what we do like it would be weird for us to not touch hair it's just like when you go to take a class and you have a mannequin in front of you and for some reason you can't not braid it or like you know (laughs) and then the and the um educator has to be like let's set our mannequins down because we can't not touch the hair, you know? Yes. That's how it is for us. Like, we can't not touch our client's hair. But to them, it's like, why are you touching my hair right now? Like, you're not. It's so true. We're just talking. Why are you sitting here petting me? That's so true. I actually remember. So I used to go to this dentist that I, like, was not. I did not have any type of, like, connection to this to this dentist at all. And it felt so, I mean, well, I mean, he's, he's a medical professional. It's, it felt so clinical. The hygienist would clean my teeth, and then he would come in just, you know, check to make sure everything was good, right? And then I started seeing a new dentist, and the body language that they gave was so much more personable. Every time I go to a practice now that there's, like, multiple dentists. I think there's, like, five or six. So I don't always know which one I'm going to be interacting with that day. When I go for a cleaning, but the one thing that they all do, which I just love, is they come in to the little like area we're in. They sit down on a little stool. They roll it up to the side of where I'm sitting. And even though I'm still leaning back in the chair, like this at some point during my cleaning, they are face to face with me. They Mm -hmm. aren't just like digging into my mouth and I'm like awkwardly staring at them like upside down. It's just like. It, it hit me, I don't know, about a year ago. I was like, oh, man, they are using their body language to make me comfortable. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see what you're doing. Like, we do this, too. And it just, it, it it's a huge difference in the way that it makes me feel as a patient, especially doing something that, you know, like you said, human touch is just something that we just don't give or get hardly at all anymore. Yeah, especially in 2020. <laughs> Okay, so Molly, um, in closing today, what are your final thoughts um, when it has to do with communication with clients? Well, I think, you know, we covered some really great points today. So just to recap the the key points that we talked about to really make sure that our communication is being hit before we 
go back into our cave to mix hair color. You know, we talked about poking at the guest's emotions. You know, what are they loving? What are they not loving? Making sure we're not blaming, shaming, or mansplaining (laughs) to our guests. (laughs) Sorry, I had to go there. It just seemed right. And getting upset with them because they may not understand and making sure we're also calling out those nonverbal cues, you know, their body, their body language and the things that they're doing can speak volumes more than what their words can. You know, we always want to make sure that we're the ones being in control, but we aren't being, you know, like you said, the waitress, the order taker, you know, we are the captains driving the ship the whole time because we're the professionals. We, you know, we also really think it's important to use images to also speak when words just are not, working like I want auburn hair and then the final thing that we touched on was um, our own body language and how that can make our guests feel comfortable so if if this is like triggering you or or if you're like oh like that's a really good idea I should do that you know maybe just like start with like one key point and just really focus on changing that about your your initial communication with your client and just see how much how much smoother things go it may feel like it's taking a long time to get to the point when you first start incorporating these processes but eventually it just becomes your script that you 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 will not walk away from your guests until you've hit these points totally you know we all have habits that we've picked up along the way whether it's just something that we learned in cosmetology school somebody um, maybe we were an associate with someone and they did cer- a certain something a certain way. So whenever we like learn something new and try to incorporate it, it can just feel kind of weird. Like yeah. it's not, it's not, this isn't the way my body usually works or things like that. Like even just down to the whole like stepping away, stop touching your client's hair. Then it's like, wait, what do I do with my hands then? You know, like, <laughs> so it's just, it feels a little funny, but I just wanted to share something that really helped me when I first started doing hair. Whenever I had any free time which was a lot because I just started doing hair I spent time on YouTube watching Zambia and he has been such a guidance for me when it comes to communication he has a ton of videos on guest communication um, and just like interacting with clients to really making them feel special Um, so I just really recommend like spend your free time watching some Zambia videos and really just just borrow his words of of how he communicates and the more that you're going to to say those words you'll really start to find your own voice um, and those things will just come out a lot more naturally we have some super exciting news to share with you we hosted our very first raise sessions hands-on workshop back in September and it was such a hit. I'm not even trying to like make myself sound really good right now. We had a blast and our attendees had so much fun too. We had such a great turnout that we decided we were going to do it again. So mark your calendars for November 15th. This time we are hosting this event in Perrysburg, Ohio. So it's a really great location to get from if you are coming down from Michigan or over from Indiana or I don't even know, heck flying in from Wyoming if you want to. The more the merrier, all are welcome this time. We are still going to be abiding by all of our health and safety rules. To get registered for this class, head over to one of our Instagrams. You are gonna find the link to get registered in one of the bios of either our Raise Education Instagram. We'll even put it in our Detangled Podcast Instagram bio so that way you know exactly where to find us. And we hope to see you And hey, bring a friend or four. The more the merrier. We can't wait to see you at our next Raise Sessions event.
Thanks so much for listening. We love to receive feedback, so please write a review if you're loving what you're hearing. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss out on the fun. Also, be sure to follow us on our Instagram, at Detangled Podcast. Until next time, this is Molly and Kyleen. Thanks for tuning in.